Step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the FjorgeCast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast with your host, Tim Barsness. Thanks for joining us on FjorgeCast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we will be talking with Kirk Drummond about his agency, Drumroll. Welcome to the show, Kirk. Thanks. Excited to be here. So, Kirk, can you tell us a little bit about Drumroll? We are an engagement agency based out of Austin, Texas. Um, we are uh, actually celebrating our 10th year this year, which is pretty exciting. We've got nice. about Congratulations. 50, 50, oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, we've got about 50 people. And, uh, and essentially, we, um, we were born out of the idea and the belief that uh, brands that created highly engaged audiences um, could uh, really outperform their competitors knowing that, uh, that those audiences buy more, they share more, they advocate more. And so what we specialize in doing here at Drumroll is architecting those brand experiences and helping um, our clients uh, look for those opportunities to really create that that uh, that engaged audience. And how do you create an engaged audience? Um, you know, it's a little bit unique to the brand, but I think one of the things that's common across um, all clients um, and brands that we talk to is um, really starting to rebuild that customer experience awareness inside their companies. Um, you know, it's been interesting having been in the industry for so long that we've we I've watched. Uh, uh, companies go from being really customer centric to, um, you know, the explosion of digital and being able to um, put a, you know, a, uh, a site or any number of technologies between the, the company and the uh, and the end customer, and and I think that worked for a period, but what ultimately what we believed and and we're seeing now in a pretty big way is that you still have to have some kind of relationship there between the brand and a customer if you want to stand out from your competitors, if you don't want to be a commodity. And so I feel like the the, the common thing that we do across um, all of our work is starting to build that, that, that muscle back up inside of companies, having them uh, really understand what it's like to be a customer of theirs, um, help them identify opportunities that they might not have otherwise considered where they can really stand out um, and uh, and not only separate themselves from their, their uh, competition, but also um, hit sort of key emotional needs that, that audiences might have, such as, you know, right after I make a purchase, it's, it's great to get some affirmation that that was actually a good choice versus just sitting silent and waiting for the product to be delivered. Got it. In order to be successful on um, kind of your, your brand's experience, do you need to control the experience end to end? Great question. Uh, not necessarily. I think ultimately we, we're big believers that a brand is ultimately defined by um, all the touch points and the, and the sum of those experiences. But, it, but really that's real hard to do unless you're a pretty small company. And so usually what we work to do is identify the most uh, critical, depending on, um, you know, p- let's say what part of an organization that we're working with or their particular focus at that time, and then kind of work outward from there. 
Um, and, uh, and you can do a lot when you do that. I mean, you can create a, a pretty fanatical base just in a portion of what your company does. And so doing that and starting there and showing that that's possible and using it as a proving ground for the rest of the organization to maybe think about this or use this way of thinking a little bit more um, can create a lot of momentum that then does spread throughout the organization. Sure. Got it. Very cool. So what is it about Drumroll that makes uh, you guys so unique? Um, you know, I think it's a number of things. I think having spent 10 years um, doing this, we've worked through a lot of the challenges and, and developed ways to help our clients, um, you know, shift the way that they're approaching marketing. Um, so I, I think that experience um, helps uh, a great deal um, because it's, it's a pretty big struggle for some organizations to really shift this because if you think about it, most uh, most uh, marketing departments for for very big brands are divided by not only the particular brand, but let's say the channel that they're marketing on. And to do this right, you really have to bridge across those channels and recognize that your audience is not just one dimensional, right? They're going to walk in a store and they're going to and maybe shop online before they even get in the store. And then they're going to go and potentially share their experience on social. And so um, I, I think our experience in being able to help drive alignment and create momentum behind um, having you know exceptional customer experience is certainly one part of it, um, and uh, and then being able to to show the business case of that I think you know sometimes it can feel like uh, creative utopia that you know that you're basically saying why don't we all just give a big group hug and somehow that's going to make your business more <laughs> successful and obviously it doesn't go very very far if that's the way that you're trying to approach it so I think being able to show the business case that brands that do this um, uh, categorically can outperform those brands that don't put customer experience at a at a um, a key decision criteria what is it like to work at drumroll uh, well, of course, I'm going to say I think it's a lot of fun since it's my company, but um, but I see that validated in in uh, in our team and the experience that they have. I think we're a hyper uh, collaborative organization, and so I think um, I think a lot of people like that. We're also a really flat organization. We have titles, but they really don't um, show up much in the day to day experience uh, working at Drumroll. And I think for a lot of people, they love being able to come in and discard the title and uh, and just focus on doing great things regardless of you know whose role it is or if that's you know above your pay grade so to speak and I and I think that that shows in our interaction with our clients so when we have that approach and and feel like you know our focus is on doing great things and working really well together um, then I think that spills out in our clients ex our clients experience and so as a result of that our experience with our clients is, you know, equally as rewarding. So I, I think, uh, I think people really like working here. What kind of client is a good fit for working with Drumroll? Um, you know, I, uh, I think we tend to be a little bit more consumer focused because um, I, I think the experience opportunities there uh, tend to be a little bit bigger, and I, I think there's just less headwind inside organizations to the value of that on the consumer side. That being said, we believe it's equally as valuable across you know all customer types, um, but we tend to fit a little bit more with B two C and certainly on the bigger uh, the bigger size of the organizations. You know, we work with companies like Microsoft and Capital One, and so those those are good examples of brands that have an enormous number of moving parts to their um, to their customer experience, and and pretty impossible for one agency to sort of influence all of that. 
Um, but, uh, but we find that when we go in and we start focusing on a particular area, we're able to have a, a dramatically positive impact on that area. And then we sort of find that um, just what we hope our clients will do with their customers is drive what we call brand love. We find that our, our clients ultimately feel that way towards us and start advocating on our behalf. Got it. So a lot of your work comes from word of mouth then? It does. Yeah. We're fortunate to not have to do, um, ironically, not have to do a lot of uh, advertising and, and uh, brand building. Um, that being said, you know, we're always out there trying to drive awareness. Sure. So, um, you know, you mentioned that you have a, a relatively flat organization. Um, and obviously, the positive impact that has on your the environment and on the client work. Um, do you see that as something that's, that's going to be how Drumroll is uh, going forward? Yeah, definitely. I think it's ingrained in our in our culture at this point. And it, it was a very intentional thing. I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we did right the first year was sit down and identify what we felt like our core values um, uh, are and, and would be um, over the life of the company. And the value that that's, um, that's provided to us has been uh, almost endless because it, there's, there's times as you grow and, you know, you win an account and you onboard a whole bunch of new team, team members that you're, you can start to lose sight of those things and being able to call those back up and remind ourselves of the things that we said would be non-negotiable early on um, has, uh, has helped us stay true to ourselves. And I think some of that is being a culture where people feel truly connected to each other and that there isn't a sort of a hierarchy built in that has anybody coming into the organization feeling somehow less valuable than another person. And really all of that's motivated by trying to create a culture where people can truly come together and work together and, and move, remove the barriers that often get in the way. Things like hierarchy I've seen, uh, can be a death sentence for creativity because you know you might have a very creative person sitting in the in the in the meeting, but they're terrified to say anything because maybe they're the most junior person. So we do a lot of stuff in our onboarding and how leader with uh, the rest of the organization to really try to drive that that uh, that um, uh, understanding of and do great things, say what's on your mind, share your thoughts, be respectful, because they're going to see all that um, rewarded back to them as well. Perfect. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we will get into the details about work. Don't go away. Fjordcast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. 
Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjordCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Kirk of Drumroll. Kirk, can you tell us a little bit about what Drumroll does differently? Um, yeah, I think a lot of uh, what I think has driven our success and, and how to stand out in companies where there's lots of agencies is is being able to marry together um, our philosophy of creating, you know, a, a, a lovable brand, a brand that is thinking about the customer experience and and creating something where it's truly, uh, it's truly a, a positive experience to be a customer of these brands. Being able to marry together that philosophy with a strategy and an execution that ultimately is marry, uh, laddering back to the goals of the company. Again, I think it's one of those things where it can seem like. Um, it, you know, if my goal is to drive greater revenue, then I'm not too concerned about the, you know, this particular seemingly small moment in a customer journey where we look at it and say that small moment may make them a customer for, for life. And so being able to bring those, t- those things together and create a bridge between what the, the goals of the organization are, which are often, you know, growth and revenue and, um, and retention and those kind of things and showing them how that they can not only achieve those things in, through this way of thinking, but they can outperform their, you know, their highest expectations. Sure. It seems like the the term brand love is a, um, a big term for you guys. Can you tell me a little bit about what that means to you? So brand love is really our way of saying extreme brand affinity. And we use that term love uh, very intentional because it's a, it basically serves as a high watermark. I think if you are trying to create um, uh, a lovable brand, it means that you really have to go the extra mile. You can't just say, well, this this little moment in this experience or these known issues with this product are really overpowered by these other things. You really have to push further than that and to try to be exceptional across the board. So it's definitely an aspirational goal for, um, for brands, but one that I think uh, places a great North Star when making you know the thousands of decisions that ultimately will create that that customer's experience with you. So I see you guys have a, a website brandlovescore.com that relates to South by. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, as I mentioned, we're based in Austin, and and uh, and as South by comes around, I mean, it's basically in our backyard um, and all around us. It's such a big event now, and as you've probably experienced coming to the event yourself, um, it's interesting to watch how brands uh, come and spend enormous amounts of money to. 
uh, take over stores, to reskin the outside of stores, to create these experiences um, for um, patrons of South by to come in and 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 experience um, uh, while they're here. And so we we've watched it repeatedly happen, and certainly have participated in our own, but. Um, we often wondered, like, what kind of benefit do these brands ultimately get? Uh, because sometimes it can be a really difficult thing to, uh, to measure. And so um, what we decided to do is take some tools that we use internally with our clients um, and create a version of those that we could point at South by Southwest and essentially start measuring without anybody knowing it, therefore not skewing their uh, opinions, start measuring what people were saying about the brands at South by. And we developed an algorithm that um, is behind the engine that essentially parses through uh, tweets, for example, and looks for sentiment and starts to develop a score um, to that tweet or that communication, and then build that together into um, a uh, an experience where brands could actually see, you know, what kind of affinity that they were creating during uh, South by. And what's been interesting about that is to be able to. Um, take some of that, uh, some of the resulting scores, and share that with some of the brands that did exceptionally well during South Bar, South Bar, and even some of those that didn't, and uh, and kind of watch their reactions and their curiosity about you know how we went about doing that. Who did well? You know, it was interesting. It was uh, it was definitely a year where causes stood out, and I think it's probably a reflection of the uh, the political c- climate. So. We saw a lot of woman-focused uh, woman organizations do really well. There are a couple that um, announced their existence and some products this year, and they stood out. And then, of course, you had um, you know others like uh, some of the uh, the game companies that did well because of the you know the gaming side of South by, and they have such a fanatical base. You mentioned the the causes, and and they're doing well. You're seeing as well that products that have causes behind them are kind of following along that trend. You know, I think what we see is brands that uh, make their existence something beyond their products and services. And so often you'll see that extend into cause. And we're big fans of that because I think one of the things that makes a lovable brand is to be more than just the product and service, like to expand your business, therefore expanding your relationship with your audience. And so those that um, show some of the some of their beliefs in action, whether it's somebody like Patagonia and tearing down dams or or whoever, um, I think those kind of brands that stand out uh, out beyond their products, their core products and services, and say these are things that we're doing based on our beliefs. I think by doing that, you can drive incredibly powerful alignment with um, with audiences that have similar beliefs, and you can certainly alienate some. But I think what we've seen is that when you have a highly engaged audience, especially one that um, that feels they're aligned with you in things that are important to them, they more than offset the loss, potential loss anyway, of those that you might have alienated. And does that have to do with the the up and coming generations? Um, I think it has to do with a lot of things. I think it's it's definitely influenced by up and coming generations where um, maybe some of of what previous generations felt was groundbreaking and therefore you know made a company stand out is a little bit more of the norm for you know the next gen. Um, so I think that plays into it. I think there's also um, a uh, a different sort of value of values, if you will, in some of the the next generations that I think you know want to see that out of the companies that they choose to engage with. Um, but then I think also just lots of things. I think 
um, you know, world events and, and any number of things, I think shifts people's um, sort of longing to have the companies they work with feel like a true extension of their life choices versus, you know, something that is simply a, 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 a vendor that can provide a, a particular need. I've seen brands go after causes where it's felt, um, I guess for lack of a better term, kind of cheap. Um, <laughs> yeah. how, how do you avoid that feeling from a from a potential consumer? Uh, great question. Um you know, for us, I think some of it is finding what's true. And, you know, I, I think that that's, um, that should always be part of your strategy behind, um, uh, behind marketing is trying to build what you're talking about on some truths. I think when it's cause-based, it's, it's more critical than ever that it be based on some truth. And so sometimes it's really just if there's not something already built into the organization, it's just helping them uh, figure out where their alignment might be with uh, with uh, causes and uh, and kind of helping them through that process. We usually find with the level of client that we work with that there's usually something already there. And then, it, and then really what we focus on doing is trying to help them bring that into their marketing story because sometimes it's sort of off to the side and just – purely charity or purely cause. Um, and what we see is often that doesn't get anywhere near the marketing exposure um, that it should. And, and, and the power of it isn't truly um, seen. And so a lot of times we focus on bringing that into the story in a really appropriate way. To your point, if that's all you talk about um, in your marketing channels, then it does feel like you're you're just trying to to you know sort of use a cause to be able to do that. If you add that to your story, then it can really be a, a powerful additive so it can't manipulate the story, it sounds like. Not unless that's truly, you know, driving a shift in the organization. And we see that sometimes, but it's uh that's a always a slow turning ship. Would you um would you say that a, a cause has to be at the genesis of a brand, or is it something that you can add on over time? Um I think you can added on i think when they are at the genesis of the creation of a brand it's usually the reason the brand is you know is being put forward anyway um and so th those become really hand in hand i think for most of the companies out there it can be something that's kind of added in as you go and i i think that's just kind of reality for a lot of companies i mean even here at drumroll you know we have a lot of com uh, conversations about what kind of um cost of that we want to go and support with our our time and energy and what do we feel like fits well um, with us and so i think finding that right point in the growth of a company um, ensures that you're going to be committed to it you know and that you even sort of know enough about what's important to you um, to find a uh, tight alignment with that i think that word commitment is a really good point it, you know you got to go deep in order to feel authentic. Um, we need to take a break here, but when we come back, we will cover some press looking at Drumroll itself and then a little bit about social listening. Don't go away. Georgecast with Tim Barsness. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. 
Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with Cast. Only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Kirk Drummond of Drumroll. Our first article today is from Adweek, covering Drumroll itself, um, titled, How Austin-Based Agency Drumroll Found Its Beat. Um, the story goes into uh, Drumroll keeping its 50 staff- staffers happy with weekly lunches and creative projects. Uh, things like asking new employees to design their own co- album covers um, that are displayed in the company's entryway. So, Kirk, you, you talked a little bit about your culture. Um, this article goes into a little more detail. Um, I'm curious, the culture that you're creating, is that something that just kind of happened naturally, or is that something you think about every day? Um, it's definitely an intentional uh, directing of it, but um, we're, you know, we're hyper aware that we don't define it. We just uh, we shape it and try to steer it in moments where it feels like it's going off course. So it's something that we're very active in and uh, and are constantly looking at sort of where are we now and what's the what's the temperature um, of the team and you know where do we see maybe a, a new issue starting to present itself and you know what are we going to do about that? And so trying to stay ahead of it ensures that we never have to do you know major corrective strokes. Absolutely. You mentioned that uh, Drumroll's been around for 10 years, had your 10-year anniversary, and I know that you've um, had them for eight-plus years. It sounds like retention's going pretty pretty strong over there. It is. We're very fortunate to have um, a, a team that's you know committed and, uh, and really enjoys working with each other, and I think that does wonders for, for retention. Absolutely. Our second story, also from Adweek, uh, highlights social listening as being more than just vanity metrics. So, Kirk, um, I don't know if you follow a lot of kind of social listening articles, but um, I'm curious if you leverage social statistics at all in in the work that you do. We do, because I think social channels present brands with uh, a unique opportunity they don't get in others. And that's a chance to, to... 
maybe show the um, the more casual side of their brand. And so we see it as a really interesting testing ground for for brands to um, to you know put different kind of content out and to show maybe that more that more casual side. And so of course, as we do that, we look to see what reaction we're happening are having. But also just beyond that, just um, seeing what people are saying about uh, the brands that we work with. Um, I think uh, really gives you insight into things that you might not otherwise get. I think often to try to do it th- through uh, market research and surveys and those kind of things, just the fact that you're putting a survey in front of somebody, I think you skew the output. And so I think social listening tools and, and just that as a component of of um, or source of information to base decisions on as you're architecting this customer experience can be really valuable because it's unfiltered. Should brands hire a FOXI to do social listening, or is that something that should be provided as part of other services? Um, well, I think our take would be uh, to be provided as part of other services because I think that the lens in, li- in which you look through and assess what's being said on social um, can be very different between just pure analytics or somebody like us who is trying to architect an experience that has that audience raving about your brand. And so I think, you know, whoever it is is going to look at that information slightly um, different. So for us, we look at it and then we immediately build it into sort of the next thing that we're doing. Um, or or run with it if it's an opportunity. I mean, one of the things that's great about social is when someone stands up and um, says something really positive about your brand, you can immediately engage um, that uh, that customer and uh, and make that meaning that moment even more meaningful. And and I think that a lot of times that's lost if there's too big of a gap between listening and the action. Sure. So it's almost like at least for drumroll, the listening kind of helps set the strategy. It's one signal in, in where we should go from here. Correct. And we do that across all different channels and sources of data. Great. Uh, and that's it for today on Fjordcast. We are out of time. Uh, thanks for being on the show today, Kirk. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. This was fun. Absolutely. And where can people reach you online? You can always find us at uh, www.drumroll.com. Perfect. And thanks to our audience for listening and joining us. Uh, You can download episodes of our program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 